Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. That's right, Life After Addiction, episode 28, Bruce Stanley. Amen. And I'm Adam Comer. Hey, guys, we are now, we could proudly say that Life After Addiction is an award nominee. Yeah. A podcast award nominee. We've been nominated for a podcast award under the religion and spirituality section of the podcast awards, man. The, the, the live shows later this month, it's, we can't get you to go vote. They have like a panel of voters, like the Emmys and all that. So we'll be tuning in live, man. We're in the category with some giants uh, in the industry, so I don't know that we can win. But, man, it's an awesome thing to be nominated. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we just talked about the last uh, principle, endurance, right? Yeah. You can judge your endurance by the fruit. In which you bear, right? So life after addiction is bearing fruit in its first season. Man, praise God. Yeah, yeah. Go check it out. I mean, podcastawards.com or something like that. You could see under that section where we're nominated. So that's awesome. Guys, as you know, if you've been following along, if you haven't, we are in this little series, mini series of the podcast. And we're talking about the principles, the seven principles that's found in Second Peter uh, and the reason we're talking about them, one, it, it shows how to grow and have this model of growth. And if you've listened to all our podcasts, you know we are all about a growth model, not a behavior modification model. Uh, it's got to be from the inside out, not the outside in. And uh, Bruce wrote a book, Lost and Found Recovery in Christ, based on Second Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and on. And it has these seven key things. And here's, here's an intro with this. His divine power, this is verse 3, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Awesome verse. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Awesome. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. Go and know the promises of God, guys, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. As always, sinful desires is so huge because the desires of someone battling an addiction is unexplainable to someone who's never felt that. That desire is so passionate, it'll cause you to do things you never thought you would do, go further than you ever thought you would go for this little desire. And what God's word just said, you can escape that. Hmm. You can escape it. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith or add to your faith virtue or goodness. We've talked about that one. In virtue with knowledge, we've talked about that one. And with knowledge, self-control, we've talked about that one. And with self-control, with steadfastness, that's what we talked about last week, and steadfastness with godliness. Today, we're going to talk about the principle of godliness and how you add that to your faith and why and what that looks like. Bruce, take us away. Yeah, so key word here for godliness is new. Right, because we're talking about identity. And again, a key word is something that Bruce means that he's he's adding a word that really relates to what this principle is and it could should trigger something in your brain to associate with that. So this key word is new. Right. So just to review principles one through four before we got here, the key words were trust, truth, turn, focus, and now we come to new. New. And the reason why I knew is so important uh, as a keyword because it helps us to recognize that godliness basically is for us to believe that we are new. Uh, because it, your identity, who you tell yourself you are, 
is how you're going to live your life. Oh, man, isn't that beautiful? We have a whole episode just about identity. Yeah. Man, go check that one out. But yeah, identity is so important. So important. And that's the very reason why we we don't, nobody at S2L says, uh, announces themselves as an addict when they when they tell them when they say hey, my name is Bruce when they announce themselves right right you don't you don't add that to your name no you're just Bruce yeah you're created by God loved by God redeemed by God if you've been saved yeah and no longer a citizen of this world but a citizen of heaven the Bible says yeah how dare you if you are a believer if you are a blood bought blood stained child of the kingdom how dare you. If you want to say, hey, I'm Adam and I'm a drug addict or I'm an alcoholic, what? Christ died for that. He came to kill that. I'm not that anymore. Yeah, that's absolutely true, Adam. Uh, how dare you? And, man, just think about what Adam's saying there is that this is something that God calls us to be zealous about, your identity. Yeah. It's so important because if you walk around telling yourself that you're an addict, then most likely that's the way you're going to live your life. And the shame that is, is brought along with that, uh, how can you focus on the future? How can yeah. you, you know, like Paul says, put, you know, don't focus on what lies behind, focus on what lies ahead. Yeah. And so there's real hope in that. But if I'm always looking in my rear mirror, then there's just a reminder of the shame of who I was and and. You don't have to carry that with you. It's just a lot of baggage, man. It doesn't mean that you're going to forget like the things that you've done, but the way you remember it is different because you align it with who God says you are. And you remember it and you bring God glory. You praise God for redeeming you, saving you from it. Yeah. Man, the, the thought, and I know this isn't the only reason, but the main answer I get of why do you introduce yourself so that I'll never forget, Brother Bruce, Brother Bruce, if you think for one moment that I could possibly forget the absolute devastation that I caused myself and my family and the, the people that love me, man, that is a mental uh, – there's no way I could forget that. Yeah. Now, if I'm choosing to be selfish and only serving Adam, yeah, I could suppress that and I could numb that, but I'm still in addiction doing that. Mm. Me now, I don't, I don't need to remind myself daily. I'll never forget it. That's why I could praise God all the more. God, thank you for taking a wretch like me a wretch like me and saving me. Yeah. Now you're now you're preaching I know, testimony. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> now you're preaching testimony and that's basically what our identity is wrapped up in is our testimony. Yeah. And in Revelation 12:11 it says by the blood of the lamb, right? What God did. Yeah. Through Jesus Christ and saving us, washing us clean. Right? The old is gone, the new has come. And the word of your testimony Praising God that you are no longer that thing that you used to be is is the proof of God is real, alive, and it's what destroys Satan in the end. Kicks him in the teeth. Man, how beautiful is that? You remember, side note, you remember when, man, I don't know, two years, two and a half years, maybe three, I don't know where we're at. But when we first started talking about becoming ministry partners, man, I was like, Bruce, man, why don't we join up and kick the devil in the teeth? You remember that? <laughs> yeah. Man, and, and God, praise God. Yeah, and we say that often now. Um, so this principle five identity, let me, let me read you this one verse and this verse like scares people, but when you really understand what God's saying in this, uh, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll receive it much better. So here in first Peter one, 
God says, uh, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Yeah. And that's First Peter 1, 14 through 16. Some versions even say, be perfect. I'm perfect. Right. So let's break that down, right? Because when, when you see the word holy and God's saying, you must be holy, just as God is holy, well, God is perfect. Yeah. God, there is no wrong in God. There's nothing but right. God doesn't sin. And so that can be pretty intimidating when God's saying, hey, this is the standard that I'm asking you to live by. But here's the beautiful thing and why the good news is so good, right? Is that Jesus in his perfection covers us to make us perfect. Yeah. Right? So when God looks at you, redeemed believer, he, he doesn't look at your sin. He looks at you through the lenses of the blood-stained Lamb of God. That's right. And he sees perfection. Holy means set apart. That word holy, it means different than. Yeah. God says, I am who I am. There's no comparison, right? Yeah. The, the, there's just, there's God and there's everything else. And he's saying, look, see yourself the way I see you, which is covered by the blood of Christ. That's right. You're perfect. In fact, the Bible goes through a list of things that we can identify with now that we've been saved, right? And look, these principles are all about adding to your faith, right? So he's speaking to believers, saying, look, once you've come to the feet of Jesus and you've surrendered your life to him, the power of God and how he sees you and the way that you can live your life from this point on, forgetting the past, looking at what lies ahead, right? He says, you're a saint. You're a saint. He calls you righteous. He, he says that you're an ambassador to the kingdom of God. You know, he goes down this list. You're blameless. Yeah. You know, man, start telling yourself these things instead of I'm an addict or I'm, I'm capable of doing these things. That's what I've always done. You know, I'm, man, start. I, I always say this when I'm teaching this principle in class. So how many of you guys can hold up a sign, big giant whiteboard, and walk across the lawn right now that says saint? How many of you guys feel comfortable doing that? And nobody will raise their hand. I said, now, everybody in this room, raise your hand if you've been saved. And the hands all go up. I'm like, hmm, there's something wrong with that. Yeah. Something wrong with that because God says that you can do that. Yeah. Why, is, what are you worried about, like, what other people might think? You know, that you're a fake or something like that? Which is yeah. why it's important in Second Peter, before you get to the principles, it's saying that by which he has granted to us, meaning... Uh, he's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness to the knowledge of him who's called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. Child of God, know the promises of God. Know the promises of God. Absolutely. Here, here's, here's one fruit of knowing who you are. Peace. Yeah. Man, I can tell you my own testimony, Adam, and this was day one of me surrendering my life to God and God changing me that December 12, 2012. I put all my trust in God, and at that point, I, I didn't care what anybody else thought of me. In fact, from that point on, I, I confessed everything. I no longer like hid the truth. I didn't care who knew anymore. I, I was like, I was so wrapped up in who God thought I was that I didn't care what other people thought. Yeah. Whether I was a fake or whether I was like, oh, you're not that. You, you were that yesterday. Now you say you're this today. You know, you what? I didn't care. I didn't care. When you stop trying to please people, 
and your only effort is to, to please God and the identity he's given you, then watch how the peace comes over you. You're not worried anymore what anybody else thinks. You're not trying to add things to your identity. You know, I was a chameleon in terms of my identity. I could be whatever you wanted me to be with this group of people, that person over there, this environment, that environment. The lies that I had to keep up with and juggle, there was so much exhaustion in that. My identity was exhausting. Yeah, it has to be. Man, I have a supplemental verse. Every time we're going through this, I want to look in the Scripture. What else does the Scripture say about this? And, and, And talking about godliness... And, I mean, the question that I would ask is, well, okay, well, how am I supposed to add godliness to my faith? And, and I, man, I could just turn to the book of Psalms, and it's the first ink in the book of Psalms. It's Psalm 1, verse 1, actually verse 1 through 3. It says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the way of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yield its fruit in all seasons, and its leaf does not wither. And all thing it does, he does, he prospers. And I just think, man, delight yourself in the law of the Lord. Don't run around with jack legs. Don't run around with people that aren't delighting themselves in the Lord, that aren't seeking God, that aren't um, that aren't giving God honor and praise. Don't run around with those people. Don't be in those those people's, don't sit with them. Don't stand with them. Don't walk in the counsel of them. But it says delight in the law of the Lord, his word. Delight in his word, know his word, meditate on it day and night. And what is the fruit of that? It says you'll be like a tree planted by a stream of water. That's roots are right next to an eternal source of food yeah. and, and lasting. I mean, man, that's a great imagery, man. That's how you can do this godliness, add to your faith. Delight yourself in what he says. And don't put yourself in silly situations with people that don't have God at the forefront of their mind. Now, when you're doing ministry, that's not what I'm talking about. Obviously, you're going to evangelize people that don't do that, but that's not what the Scripture is saying. saying, man, don't, don't be in the presence of these people because that's where you'd rather be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you're, when you're talking about identity— um, don't don't confuse that identity with things that are opposite of that identity. So we tell guys all the time, it says, and who who are you hanging out with? What are you watching? What what are you feeding yourself? I mean, are you feeding yourself and you're listening to self and you're and you're surrounding yourself with things of your old identity or of your of your new identity? Right. Because if you're still doing like a lot of people think, man, all I really want to do is just stop using drugs. I really don't change anything in my life. I just want to stop using drugs. Well if that's your goal, man, you have far set uh, such a low expectation of what God can do in your life and what how God created you to live the life that he already prepared you to live for. It's just like, what? You just want to give up using drugs and alcohol? You know what? You spent a lifetime while you were doing that, however long you were doing that in addiction, uh, doing all these other things that were aligned with that. Yeah. So if you're no longer aligned with that, why are you still doing all these things? And it, it, these people... Man, if you think for a minute that you're going to go out there and do the same thing that you were doing before and just stop using drugs and alcohol, I'm sorry, but you're going to fail. You're going to fail, right? You might be abstinent, but your life isn't going to change. If anything, you're just going to be frustrated and bitter 
that you can't do these. It's like that's what they call white knuckling it, right? Yeah. And, and man, I've seen people who have been gone twenty years without using drugs and alcohol, and there was no change in their life. And they may have implemented some change because uh, of whatever spirituality they found, but it was not based on the power of God. So you just can imagine like how far that got them compared to what the power of God does when you're serving the Lord Jesus Christ and you're abiding in his ways and the way he's asking you to live. Man, stop watching those cop shows where guys are getting arrested all the time. That's what you used to be. Why are you still watching that stuff? Yeah. You know, why are you still cussing? Why are you still doing these things that everybody else, what you were doing before. It's like, how long do you think you're going to be able to endure in that just by abstaining? Yeah, just check your heart there. Like, mm. it, the problem, when you catch yourself longing for and inter, being entertained by or loving the things that God's put to death in your life, check yourself. Man, that's not me. I don't need to do that. I don't need to be in that spot. Yeah. One of the, one of the things here, and we'll get on to finishing this, but Psalm 118 because you're asking, you know, let's let's make sure we're doing this with scripture, right? It says, "The Lord is for me, so I have no fear. What can mere people do to me?" And that's the NLT version there. Basically, what he's saying is, "And God is with you. Who who can be against you?" Yeah. And and the the being identified with that, you know, the God, our Abba Father. You know, we He's not like our earthly fathers, yeah, but you, with God, you're just like. <laughs> And if God is for me, who can be against me? Well, why am I so afraid to change? It's as if we, we, we say, well, God wants to give me this new identity, but I don't really believe that it's going to be better than where I'm at or where I was before. So I have to keep doing the same thing because I just don't really trust that the things God is leading me to is going to be better than where I was. And that's just nonsense. The God of all creation, the one who breathes stars out, the one who knew you, before time began, the one knitted you in your mother's womb. He knows who you are. He knows what's best for you. He's already aligned it all in preparation. You know, why are you still holding on to this stuff in your identity? Moving on, we're going to talk about how God asks us to be an ambassador yeah. for his kingdom. And as an ambassador, what do you do? Look, this is a great analogy. And the Bible actually says you know, that he's calling us to be ambassadors, Right. And what does an ambassador do, Adam? Represents. He represents. And what does he represent? Um, country. Most of the time you have ambassadors, so some sort of official. Yeah, and we can see this and used in different ways. When you're in school, you know, the ambassadors of the school or whatever. Yeah. But basically an ambassador represents the place in which he's from, right? The thing in which he's representing. And if we're called ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, then wherever we go, we're representing the kingdom of heaven. And just like an ambassador to a foreign nation from the United States, right? he goes there and everybody watches him from that foreign nation. And they are just assuming that whatever that person does, he's representing the entire United States. That's right. right? So his identity there in that foreign land is all wrapped up in the thing in which he represents. And, and so he has to be careful, hmm. right? And that he's living appropriately to the thing in which he's representing. This is what God's asking us to do. You stop... Stop doing the things you used to do. You're no longer represented by that. You're represented by this. In fact, the Bible uses these analogies all the time and says we're now foreigners here, citizens of heaven, that we're ambassadors to God. We're living here on this earth. And you read John 17 and how Jesus prays to the Father and says, I'm going to ask you to take them from here, but while they're here, protect them. Remind them constantly of the things that I taught them so that they will know who they are. And they will endure and they will live this life. We can have a piece of heaven on this earth 
while we're waiting for our eternity in heaven. Yeah. And God says, what that's going to feel like is a lot of peace, a lot of joy. Paul says, I, I've learned the secret of living. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm reading something that tells me I've, I've learned the secret of living, <laughs> Pay attention. I'm paying attention, yeah. right? It's like, okay, well, this is the meaning of life stuff, right? It's the thing, we, the age-old question of what's life all about. You know, if we, and, and Paul says, look, I've learned the, the secret of living, that I can have a full stomach or an empty stomach, and I can still have joy. And his joy is wrapped up in his identity, knowing who he is, knowing the promises of God that still are aligned with him, knowing how God is for you, not against you, and that nobody else can do anything about it. You know, we're, we're pleasing God, not people. This, this whole identity we're wrapped in, you're a saint, you're, you're righteous, you're no longer to be blamed for anything. You, you, your shame is gone. Yeah, I did that stuff, but that's not who I am. God created me to be a different man, and I'm walking in that today. Amen. And that identity is so powerful because God says, um, watch what can happen. In fact, in Ephesians 3.20, Jesus says, uh, or Paul says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. You can't put an expectation on what God's going to do in your life. Yeah. I'm telling you, he will blow you away. Yeah, that's it, guys. Life after addiction, man, to, to kind of wrap this up. Golly, the promises of God. He promises through his power, divine power, that you can add godliness to your faith. Man, your identity, you're made new. We didn't even say the popular. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. All throughout the Bible is new, 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 new. Guys, we love you. Life after addiction. You better believe it. You better believe it. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. I'm Dr. Lauren DeVille, a practicing naturopathic physician in Tucson, Arizona. In my podcast, Christian Natural Health, my guests and I discuss topics ranging from nutrition, sleep, hormone balancing, and exercise to specific health concerns like hair loss, anxiety, and hypothyroidism. I'll also interweave biblical principles as they apply throughout the podcast because true health is body, mind, and spirit. Listen to Christian Natural Health for free at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcast platform.